0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. There's the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I have never seen the wind, but I believe in the wind. We compare the move of God or God to the wind. There's three ways you know the wind exists. Number one, the wind, you know the wind exists because you can feel it. How many's ever felt the wind? Number two, you can hear the wind. (sighs) Number three, you can see the effects of the wind. It's the same way when God moves, you will feel him you can hear him, and when he touches your life, you're going to see the effect that he changes your life. I'm so glad I know Jesus today. Amen. Fresh wind blow in this room. Praise God. We're so glad for all of you that are here. Amen. We are thrilled that you've made it to the house of God. Thank you for for coming. Thank you for being here. I I, I know it doesn't look the same. We got we, we the... the It's just a little different, and I appreciate the team who has spread themselves out over three services for a substitute to create a safer place and more seating. Would you give them a hand? They're working very, very hard, very diligently. Thank you to the team. The book of Psalms, chapter 103, I am in a series, just felt to be in a series about the benefits of God. Amen. How many know we have benefits? One of the benefits are no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Do you believe that? I do know one thing. We, we have benefits and one of them is our retirement is out of this world. Somebody say heaven. Psalms 103 and 1. For all those watching online, I, I pray the Lord blesses you. You will receive the word of the Lord. If you are there, Today I want you to stand for the reading of the word. If you're at home, I want us to honor God's word. Would you do that? If you're watching by way of the web, stand for the reading of the word. And we want you to worship at home. When we have an altar service in a little bit, your virtual experience is going to be better if you would do at home what you would do at church. Maybe, maybe put the coffee aside. And, you know what I mean? Don't be eating Oreo cookies while I'm preaching. Psalms 103:1. Bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me I want to worship him with everything that I have bless his holy name bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits look at your neighbor and say don't forget his benefits we have Zion, we have many benefits living for the Lord you can't beat his package deal how many believe that Brother Todd Clark, happy fiftieth birthday! Amen. We love you, our minister director. Would you give him a hand? We appreciate him. One of the benefits is who forgiveth all. Somebody shout all. Thine iniquities, not some, not the ones you think he can, but all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Y'all going to help me preach here today? Who redeemeth thy life from what? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth, executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Verse 12. As far... As the east is from the west. As far as it is from the east, two different directions. Somebody shout two different directions. Do you know if you go east, you'll never go west? Do you know if you go north, you eventually go south? He said, as far as the east is from the west. What did he say? So far. So far. Hath he removed our transgressions from us? The book of Micah, if you will turn there with me, the book of Micah, chapter 7. I want you to see what the word of the Lord says in this chapter about the benefits of God. Micah, chapter 7, and verse, verse 8, excuse me. Micah 7 and 8. Rejoice not against me. O my enemy, when I fall, what? I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Somebody say amen. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. I'd like to preach to you on one of the benefits of God is that the Lord pleads my cause. The Lord pleads my cause. Lift your hands and let's ask the Lord to be in this room. God, we thank you, Lord, for this Sunday service where we've come to magnify you. We've come to glorify you. We've come to worship you. I pray today that you would touch every heart, every mind, and every soul. Lord that they would hear the word of the Lord the gospel would be preached today with the anointing of your spirit in Jesus name we pray look at your neighbor and say the Lord pleads my cause you may be seated all of our guests today we welcome you we're so glad that you have made your Sunday a part of our service would you welcome all of our guests in the room today and thank you for that I have Sit in the courtroom several times while being there as a support for someone that I knew that I believed had changed their life. In one court case that I was at prior to the person I was there to support there were eight cases of individuals that went before that case that I was representing there that day. It was a, a sobering experience to say the least when you hear the judge make his his rendering of his decision of how many years, one case I was at, ten years in prison. It sort of unfolded this way. You would have the person, the, the, the judge would be at the, the center of the courtroom and on this side would be the defense, the guilty or Or the guilty and the defendant on this side and and his defense attorney on this side would be the prosecutor and his reason of accusing the defendant. While the judge would sit at his desk, he would have on this side of him a big book. It was the book of the law. In front of him, he would have the case of the individual before him and what he had done. It was, it was interesting because he would read the report or the works of the individual and then he would say, and according to the law, the law says that this is what is supposed to happen to you because you have broken this law and the law recommends and the prosecuted attorney recommends this to be your sentence. And then the defense attorney would stand up and he would say, but judge... This man was raised in this home. He, he was raised in a house of chaos and confusion and was hungry as a young boy. And he started doing this because of his hunger and, and his, his father's absence and would go down the line. And he would plead the cause of the individual. And I watched in one case where the judge was very merciful. And because he did not just judge according to the man's action today, but a lifetime of what caused him to do what he did in his life. I want to stop and say that something recently my wife said in a counseling session we were in, she made this statement, she said, We as individuals, we judge people by their actions, and we judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge people by what they did, but we judge what we do by the intent of what we did. We understand our history and, and we, we justify what we do because our intentions were good. And even though it was wrong, we see ourselves and we're more forgiving to ourselves many times than we are to someone we do not know. How many know that's true? That's why the Bible says be careful to be judged because you will be judged in the same level as which you do judge someone. So blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. I want to say to you today that God does not see the action of the person just today, but he sees the life. He saw them at three years old and 13 and 33 and he saw the life they lived up to now and he understands why they do what they do and the intent of why they do what they do. So you have to trust the preacher and the word of God because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 Verse 12, I want you to follow along with me. Hebrews 4 and 12, look what it says. Hebrews 4 and 12, it's the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. It says, for the word of God is quick. Everybody say it's alive. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even through the dividing asunder. Do you see that? Of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and even the intents of the heart. How many times have I sat in church and somebody came to the house of God and when they were here and the preacher began preaching and, and there was such a movement of God and the word was going forth that they thought how is it everybody in this room and yet that preacher's preaching only to me. Because the word of God has the ability to get down beyond the joints and and the blood vessels and the bones and the marrow and get all the way down to the who you are and expose you before God and you realize I am a sinner. I've been preaching before and literally people run and slide on their knees in the altar because the word was so quickening to them that they did not want to be lost. I wish somehow that we could articulate, I wish I could articulate the word every single service in a way that we could expose ourselves before God so we could get right before him but I want you to know that it also says in verse 13 look what it says it says neither is there any creature that is not manifest or exposed in his sight do you see that? all things go ahead, all, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do you're going to have to deal with God You're going to have to stand before God, Revelation 20 tells us. You're going to have to give an account for your works. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 verse 11, verse 12 and 13, you can read it, that it says that you will stand before God and the books are going to be opened, the law of God. I believe the 66 books of the Bible are going to be opened and every man is going to be judged according to his works. You will stand before God alone. You will stand before God as an individual. Your mama can't help you. Your daddy can't help you. Your spouse can't be there. There is no no attorneys from your local community. One of your buddies can't stand up and plead your case. No one can. You will stand before God alone. Because we are uh, American citizens, there is a right that we have even in our amendments. But you will find that when a person is accused, they are innocent until proven what? That's right, you can plead the fifth until you talk to an attorney that can plead your case for you. And if you do not have the money to hire an attorney, guess what public would do? They would give you a public defender. It is a benefit of being a United States citizen. You are giving someone to plead your cause and to plead your case. I come to tell you today that we will all, individually and alone, stand before God and give an account for every decision that we make. As a matter of fact, one of the most scariest verses in the Bible is that we will be judged for every idle word, and that which is without faith is sin. And what I'm preaching to you today is sometime in our future, we're going to have to stand before God and give. A report to him and be judged according to his word. That's a scary thing to me. I don't know if that moves you, but it put fear in me. That's why the Bible says to seek out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. I'm just going to stop here today and tell you, don't live your life for your family. Don't live your life for your culture. Don't just say, well, this is how we were raised because it's not good enough. You have to understand that that's why the gospel is being preached, to pull you out of where you are, to put you in the place of where you should be. That's why Romans 1 and 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God into salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Somebody say the gospel. And what happens between you and judgment you get something beautiful called the word of God. The word of God, the Bible says James says that it becomes like a mirror that you can see yourself as you are in the perfect law of liberty so you can straighten up and become what God wants you to become. I remember when I was in college I was uh, in, in college I was an engineering student and my emphasis was on structural design and I remember taking classes like Calculus 2 and Calculus 3 and differential equations. I, I remember taking those classes at night and, and come home from church and I would loosen my tie. I'd unbutton my shirt. I'd leave my uh, I take my shoes off and and I would start doing my math work for uh, the test or the exam I would have because there's three steps to math. You know what they are? Repetition, repetition, repetition. And so one problem could be four pages long and, and I would start my math studying, and getting it, getting it ready for the exam the next day. And I'd work and sometimes I'd start at 11 o'clock and think it was going to be just a few hours of studying. I'd look out the window and I could see the sun rising. I'd worked all night long, wide up the piece of paper and throw them in the trash can and try to work to get that. And I got sidetracked as a period of time trying to become the a, a structural engineer with an emphasis on bridge design. And one of the things that inspired me as an engineer, and I don't know, do you have that picture to throw up there? Of the New River Gorge Bridge. And, and do you have that back there? Wave at me if you have it ready. You see that? There it is. That's the New River Gorge Bridge. At that time, when I was in college, the New River Gorge Bridge was the largest single arch bridge in the world. The largest in the world. is now beat from somewhere in China. But, but it, it is over 3,000 feet long. It, it would span mountain to top to mountaintop. How many of you have ever driven over the New River Gorge Bridge? You ever seen that? It's a beautiful setting. It really is. But what used to take 45 minutes to get from mountaintop to mountaintop now only takes 45 seconds. 45 seconds to go over 3,000 feet, over thousand, nearly 1,000 feet in the air. I mean, it's a. I have walked under that bridge, under that bridge. It was built by, by uh, it was considered an engineering feat, engineering feat. They stretched cables above that, and they would send the beams across and connect them. It was such an engineering feat feet because they designed it built from mountaintop and they met perfectly in the middle with helicopters assisting it back in the 60s and 70s. It was an engineering feat. I was inspired by that. Well, You can't get anywhere in West Virginia without crossing bridges. I'm just going to tell you right now. I was inspired by that and at one moment I got sidetracked. This is what I'll do. I'll put preaching aside and it was a battle between my calling and my career and I went to a conference and, and Brother uh, Tim Gill was preaching the Spirit of Pentecost conference in Charmcoe, West Virginia. He started preaching about priesthood. He started talking about the priest of the Bible. and started talking about our great high priest, Jesus Christ. He said the root word of priest, you know what it is? It means a bridge builder. It is a bridge between man and God. The root word of a priest was to become a bridge between those that need God and God. And so Hebrews, Hebrews 4 and 14 says, For we have a high priest. Somebody shout, we have a high priest who was passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Therefore, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities. But he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I just want to preach to you today that when God saw you in your sin, he did not leave you alone in your sin. He came to where you were because as the Parable of the good Samaritan. You were beaten. You were naked. You were shamed and left half dead. But this priest, he didn't bypass you. He came to where you were. He came to your dirt. He came to your mistake. He came to your sin. He didn't leave you all by yourself. I'm preaching to somebody. He became the great high priest. Somebody say amen. Everybody in your world rejected you. Your spouse walked away. Your children were ashamed of you. Ethnic things that happened. Friends betrayed you. But when everybody else walked away, I come to tell you, he became my great high priest that stood between my failure and my destiny. He came to stand between my mistake and my future. I'm preaching to you, we have a high priest. We have a bridge. Somebody say we have a bridge. So, up, Brother Neon- you know what I did? It was that day I got on my knees and I said yes sir, Lord I'll become that priest. I want to become somebody that stands between their chaos and their miracle. Somebody that stands between their their emptiness and their fulfilling purpose. Oh God let me stand between as an intercessor, as a preacher that can bridge some broken person to God and I'm glad to tell you it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how you were raised. He saw all the way to now, but he loved you enough that he said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I'm preaching to you today. He come to take you out of where you are, to take you to where you need to be. Somebody say, man. God is our great high priest. Ah, in Psalms 103. Psalms 103 and in verse 3, it says, He forgiveth me of all mine iniquity. Somebody shout all of it. The whole list of it. Because today we say, You know you weren't right. Amen. You know you needed Jesus. Glory to God. Liars and cheaters and, Bible says, whoremongers and adulterers and gamblers and unclean. And, people involved in witchcraft and all these things. But God intervened. He didn't just see you for what you did now. He saw why you did all the way to now. So when the Lord comes in your life, can I preach to you for a minute? He comes into your life, and I'm going to social distance here. But I need to get off the platform for a minute. He comes into your life not just to forgive some of your iniquity, but he comes in to forgive All thine iniquity. Not only does he come to forgive all of your sins and all of your actions and everything that you've done, but he says in verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Brother Gio, it's sort of like this. He's not just gonna forgive the what. He's gonna forgive the who. It's not just what I did. It's just not one erase mark on my list of bad things. No, but he's going to forgive the who. He's going to give the the sinner, not just the sin. He's going to so far remove it from me that I'll be so different that people can't even imagine that I used to do those things or talk that way. I'm going to be so different now. Come on, am I preaching to you? He said, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath it removed our transgressions from us. Let's get in the New Testament. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. If you've ever been forgiven, you ought to jump to your feet and wave your hands and say, I've been forgiven. Come on. If he's ever done anything for you, you ought to thank him that he washed your sins away. I'm not what I used to be. Oh, I'm not who I used to be. I am different now. Look at your neighbor and say, not only did he forgive the what, he removed the who. I knew a lady, you can be seated, I knew a lady that was being extradited from Cambridge all the way to Missouri for a crime that she committed in that state or potentially committed in that state. If she had died in a car wreck on the way to Missouri while being extradited by the police, To go stand before the judge to receive her sentence for the crime that was made. If she died on the way to court, case is over. Court court case closed. Because you can't sentence a dead person. And so I stand before you today to submit to you that in the benefit of God is that he sees That You are not what you used to be. He changes who you were. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. And guess what? When you stand before God and give an account, the Bible says he will plead my cause. I will not be alone on judgment day, but he is going to be my defense attorney, and he's going to say, I'm going to be the one speaking. You see, the Bible says we'll stand before God and we will be silent before him. They will tell you in defense, just keep your mouth shut and let me do the talking. Let me plead the cause. And uh, Brother Cody, would you read that in Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. Look what it says. Rejoice not against me, listen devil it was you that tripped me up it was you that trapped me in that situation I fell yes I did I made mistakes but just remember devil is that my failure is not final so don't rejoice over me my enemy because when I slipped up it's not over I'm getting back up It's not over, somebody shout it's not over. over. I get back up, read on.
1: When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto
0: me. When I failed and slipped into a dark place because of my sin, because of my mistake, the Lord in my low moment is gonna be a light unto me you know the Bible says that people are captive by the devil at his own will and that they can be delivered if the light of the glorious gospel should be shined unto them if you only realize what type of privilege you're under right now you know what I say mask if I gotta wear a mask to hear the gospel I'm gonna go hear the gospel if I can get to the house of God to hear the preacher preach to me preach to me preacher you know why because thy word is gonna be a lamp unto my feet it's gonna be a light unto my path I'm telling some of you your failure has put you in a dark place but God sent you a preacher to light up the darkness to show you how to get out of that mess the enemy got you in somebody shout he will be a light unto me get up that's not who you are you don't belong here And that's the power of the gospel being preached. That's why if we can't get them to come here, we got a live stream to preach to them there. Amen. If we can't get them here, we'll take it to them when they're in the prison, when they're in the county jail. We'll take it down to the Y Bridge and preach it if we have to. But we understand that the gospel is the light that will get people out of the darkness that their failure brought them into. I tell you, God can deliver you out of guilt. He can deliver you out of depression. He can deliver you out of fear. Somebody say amen. Be seated in a minute. Read on. He shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to deal with the, the, the indignation of God. Why? Because I have sinned against God. Because him. I sinned against God. I'm going to have to deal with my mistake. I realize there's some things that I have to deal with because I've sinned. Read on. Until, Until. he plead my cause. <laughs> I'm going to have to deal with some things until he steps beside me as my defense attorney, until he steps beside me and pleads my case. What I come to tell you is the benefit of living for God. Even in your failure, you've got a support system beside you. That's why goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I wish I could just preach to you right now how I feel. I come to tell you, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you even until the end of the world. I come to tell you if you fail, he's right there with you. If you slip up, he's right there with you. If you make a mistake, he's right there with you. Somebody say amen. I, I'll, deal with my, I'll deal with the repercussions of my sin till Until, he says. He plead my cause. And go ahead, pastor. And execute judgment for me. Yeah. He will ahead. bring me forth to the light. He's At- going to bring me out of this. And I shall behold his righteousness. And I shall behold his righteousness. And my enemies, I'm not going to get him to read the rest of that, but she shall be ashamed because God is going to remove everything that's ever touched me. Everything that ever came against me is going to regret it because I'm going to be so blessed. I'm not what I used to be. Somebody shout, the Lord pleads my cause. How does he plead my cause? 1 Timothy 2, 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says there's one God and there's one mediator between God and man, the man. Everybody say the man, man. Christ Jesus. I I just question, do you want to stand before God guilty? All the actions you've ever done, the life that you live defiant to the word of God, all by yourself nobody there with you alone you've never felt alone until you stand before god with fire in his eyes and judgment in his voice and the only thing between you and forever is his sentence but there's this there's this scripture that the bible says that Cain killed abel he was innocent and though he buried him Hit him. God heard what Cain could not hear. It was the blood of Abel crying from the earth. See, it appears to me in scripture that blood has a voice. Innocent blood has a voice. And as Abel was killed, you find that Jesus, who was innocent, falsely accused But when he died, his blood dripped down into the earth. And I submit to you today that the blood of our precious lamb, Jesus Christ, has a voice. (laughs) Hebrews 9 and 22 says, For without the shedding of blood there is no remission. Matthew 26, 28, it says it this way. Jesus said, This is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And When you start recognizing that the only thing that can plead your cause or plead your case is his blood, you have to understand then you need to be remitted by his blood. And how do you become remitted by the blood of Jesus? Acts 2 and 37 says, look what it says. Let's slow down here for a minute. Acts 2 and 37. Amen, amen. I feel feel victory right now in my spirit. Now when they heard this, what, the gospel, they were pricked in their heart. And they said, unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do verse 38 then Peter said unto them repent you know what that means I was going the wrong way the light of God I was getting darker darkness I was was a sinner but the light of the glorious gospel shined unto me and I said I don't want to go to hell I don't want to step into eternity I don't want to stand before God guilty guilty oh no I want to go a different way and you turn everybody say repent Means to turn, means to turn. Repent and be baptized. Who? Every one of you. Why? Romans six twenty three. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Look at your neighbor. And say you were a sinner. Looking back in the eyes, said you were a good one. You were good at it. It's one of me. <laughs> hey, repent, be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? To obtain, not because of. To obtain what? The remission of sins. When I scroll through different versions, people recommend. I go to Acts 2.38 and I see what it says. Many of the versions will say, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. There's more to it than forgiveness. Forgiveness is in remission, but remission is not in forgiveness. Amen. What does it mean to be remitted? It means to be treated as if it never happened. It's the burying of a dead man. Somebody shout glory! And when the dead man is buried in baptism, all sins have been washed away. That's why Acts 22, 16 says, "Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins." How? Calling on the name of the Lord. I preach to you today, and everyone watching online. That's why they said in the. In Paul said, some of you are bragging about being baptized. In Baptized by Paul. Others, of Apollos. He said, it doesn't matter who baptized you. He said, because none of us are the ones that died for you. Yet it is the one, it is the name we mentioned, is the one that was crucified up on the hill. That's the name you need to be baptized in. I come to tell you the benefit of God is I get washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and his blood becomes my voice. His blood becomes my plea. His blood pleads. My cause. Somebody say amen. amen. I want you to shout, his blood, his blood pleads my cause. Be seated for a minute. Be seated for a minute. In Exodus 12, I need to move on. Exodus 12. Can I preach a little bit longer here today? So in Exodus 12, and in, in, in starting with verse 1, you read it. He said, kill the lamb because judgment's coming upon Egypt. What does Egypt represent? Egypt represents the place of sin. The place of their origin of your sin. The simple nature. You were born in bondage, born in sin. That's what Egypt represents. That's why you read the book of Exodus. Exodus was about God delivering them out of bondage or out of sin. Can you say amen? And so they were in Egypt. The, The lamb was slain in Egypt, as I said earlier. What? While we were yet sinners. He died. When? When I was still a sinner. He loved you even when you were a sinner. He didn't love you when you he came here and repented, got baptized, filled with the Spirit. Oh, now I know who you are. No, 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 no. He saw you way before you ever came to this church. And The Bible says that judgment was coming. And he said, put the blood upon the doorpost. And he said, when judgment comes, he said, when I see the blood. It shall be a token unto you. He said, I will pass over you. You know why? Because the blood had a voice to judgment that said you cannot come in where the blood of an innocent, spotless lamb has been shed. Praise God. One of these days, I'm gonna stand before God. But guess what? I will not be there by myself. I will not be there with, with, a, with a mother or a father. Anybody else, as I said earlier, I'm going to be there and his blood is going to plead my cause and his blood is going to say judgment can't happen where he has been remitted. He has been forgiven. The old man has been buried. A new man has been born. Read John 3, Brother Nehemiah. John 3 and 14. John 3, 16, let's read that. Somebody shout, he pleads my cause. Go ahead. John 3, 16.
1: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Who
0: had ever thought the world, a sinner man, could live forever? In eternity with Jesus Christ, streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper. I'm just telling you, there's only two options. It's either heaven or hell. Yeah. But he came to the earth and robed himself in flesh. He died at Calvary. Why? So I didn't have to perish in my sin. Yeah, so I would have to stand before God alone with a record of my wrong, as We talked about the courtroom, brother Miliken. But no, he shed his blood. That's why the verses that precede this. That's why preachers shouldn't be condemning. That's why saints shouldn't be condemning. That's why saints shouldn't be judging and preachers shouldn't be judging. Why? Verse 17, look what it says.
1: For, For God, God sent not, not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved.
0: Might be what? Saved. Saved from what? Sin. 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 He doesn't just forgive the what? He reaches in and changes the who. I'm convinced when somebody is converted Somebody is forgiven. Somebody's remitted. They're born again. That the Lord steps inside of them, takes over their life, lived by his spirit, and he starts throwing out all the curse of, of grandpa and grandma and addictive things and yeah. sinful things and the anger and the abuse. He starts throwing it out of them and says there's gonna be such a difference between this believer and the unbeliever as far as the east is from the west. So far, I'm gonna transform them Resemblance of that sinful nature of their family, there's gonna be no curse, no evidence. Somebody shout, No evidence. No evidence what the enemy put on them. I just feel like telling you, when the three Hebrew children went through the fire, the enemy tried to destroy them in the fire. When they came out, there wasn't even the scent of smoke of the enemy in their life. He removed any evidence of their circumstance. I'm preaching to somebody, God can bring you out of destruction. He can bring you out of a curse. He can bring you out of chaos, but you've got to let him do it. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout, he brought me out. He brought me out. Read on. Read verse 14. Look what it says. You me seated.
1: And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness.
0: He lifted up a serpent. He put a brazen serpent on a stick. And what happened, people had been, had been cursed by these serpents. And, uh, and Moses was commanded by God, put a brazen serpent, an image serpent on a stick. it up on a stick. Everybody that's been bitten or stung or the sting of the serpent when they look at the serpent, the curse will be gone. The sting will be lost. It'll, be, it'll leave them. How many's ever read that? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Go on.
2: Yes.
1: Even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up.
0: Your sting is sin, according to the first Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible says that the, the sting of death is sin. Everybody say sin. sin. Marred by the enemy. Sin was put into my nature. Sin is what we've all done ever since Adam but guess what if you have the sting of sin in your life you can look up to the one they put nails in his hands they led him all the way up to Golgotha's hill put nails they put him on a stick if you will and they raised him up and dropped him down into that hole where the cross stood at Calvary and he said as Moses lifted up read it
1: As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Go ahead. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life.
0: You know what I've done? You know what I'm preaching? I've got my eyes off of the curse and I've got my eyes on the one that removes the curse. So lift your eyes up on the sun. For he said if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I've come to preach to you. Everything you need is in Jesus. Everything you need is in him. Jump to your feet and clap your hands. He is the answer. He is the author. And he's the the finisher, come here and help me, Sister Rachel. Somebody shout, he's the author. He's the finisher finisher. of my my faith. And so here today, Sister Hodge, not only has he removed my sin, to remove the sting in my life of sin, everything connected to my past, he's gonna stand with me forever through the ages of time all the way to the judgment day. And when I have to stand before God, his blood is gonna plead my cause and say he's forgiven and he's remitted. No record of wrong. Somebody shout, there's no record of wrong. And the Lord turns, that white throne judgment, and he turns what would have been a great list It's going to be a blank page. I don't see anything. Enter in. Thou good and thou faithful servant. I want to know if the Anchor Church believes in the forgiveness of sinners. And here's another question. Do you believe in the forgiveness of saints? If we believe rugged sinners that's never heard the gospel can be delivered how about people raised in church that wandered away and strayed away and failed and made mistakes and brokenness in their life? Or we believe it's just a, a first-time thing. There's no second chances. May I remind you that the word of the Lord came to Solomon the second time, to Abraham the second time. Jonah walked away from the will of God and the word of the Lord came to him the second time. You know what we need? We need the word of God to come to us again. So today the benefit of God is he gives you a defense attorney that pleads your cause that says he's innocent. He's to be pardoned. He doesn't have to have the judgment. Brother Nehemiah, God forbid that some man in this room would refuse the blood of Jesus because you will stand before God all by yourself And the judgment will come according to the word and according to your works. And it's going to say guilty. Be cast into the lake of fire. Because you didn't adhere to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You imagine the rugged sinners that he's changed over the years. That he made all things new they're going to enter in. I said it a few weeks ago. I've never said it before. I don't know if I've said it since. But one of the most greatest torments of hell would be this. That the kingdom was near you that close Jesus in Revelation 3 was knocking on your door and speaking your life and you could feel his presence but we said no eternity will be a place of torment for people because they were that close to being saved but they can never be saved after that why? because they refuse to follow the ways of Christ if you refuse to follow the ways of Christ you do not get the benefits of the kingdom you have to leave it leave it behind there's benefits in serving him how many believe that I'm not talking about slip up failure I'm talking about rejection of him And he said do you reject me he said you'll have one that will reject you I don't know I'm not talking about a little school, school crush heartbreak when God says no depart from me ye that work iniquity separated for eternity I don't know why I'm preaching this way I know the benefits of God, to reject what He's done for me, to look at it, say, that means nothing to me. Calvary doesn't mean anything to me. Because Calvary's in vain until it's applied. I want you to lift your voice in the Lord all over this building. I want you to call out to God. He pleads my cause. Get up, I've forgiven you. My blood has covered you. Oh, Jesus. In name I come. Bring your microphone. Lead us in prayer. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. He's going to obey the Holy Ghost right now. I want everybody all over the room praying right now.
2: God, in the name of Jesus we've heard from God this morning come on reach out to God right now I don't want to be lost I want to take the understanding that I've received this morning for granted oh God I come against anything that would hinder this word in the minds and hearts God of the congregation before me right now in the name of Jesus I pray every yoke be broken every chain every fetter God every doubt, every unbelief, God, every inadequacy, Lord, in Jesus' name, I plead your mighty blood over your people right now. Oh God, in Jesus' name, God, give the one strength to obey right now the gospel of Jesus Christ, to repent and to give their heart to you, oh God, to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, be filled with the spirit of Almighty God. Lord, we thank you for this simple, powerful gospel. In Jesus' name, oh God, hallelujah. Those who are watching by way of the web, God, I pray you grant repentance right now and restoration, God, the one that has wandered from the flock of God. I pray, oh God, that you bring him back in the name of Jesus by your mighty spirit God draw them unto you right now grant them repentance God restore every conviction God in the name of Jesus Christ let them feel the anointing of God like they felt in the house of the Lord like when they prayed oh God when they were searching for you Lord God when their heart was right with you Lord I pray God that you make every heart right with you now come on pray everybody pray to the Lord, seek the Lord while he may be found, oh God hallelujah in the name of Jesus, oh God hallelujah revive every prayer life, God in the name of Jesus come against false doctrine right now I pray the spirit of revelation of the name of Jesus Would arrest every heart, God, and every mind, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Let the fear of God settle upon our spirit. The name of Jesus. Lord, we glorify. Come on, would you worship Him right now? All across the building. Come on, let the word of the Lord have its place in your heart.